Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. So this week, our guest is a friend of mine, Megan Fitzmartin, who uh, has kind of an unexpected topic, I think we can safely <laughs> say. Uh, she's going to talk about Protestant denominations, which is much more exciting than it sounds. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's always kind of a hesitation when topics like religion come into play. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really, I think the way that the, the conversation went was, was really cool and really eye-opening in some ways that um, I think if you're not, if you're not around that kind of stuff very often, you sort of don't know anything about it. And, and yeah. I think it, I think what resulted was, was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's informative and in kind of a general way. Obviously, we we don't necessarily set out to be Wikipedia on the topics that our guests bring, but we also are always interested to hear details about something that we don't know about and and also how it relates to somebody as a person and and how they feel about the world. And I think that we got some, some really interesting conversation to that point as well. So let's get to that conversation now. Yeah. So, and do you want to do you want to do the the walk in? I feel yeah, like you, I, I feel like I yeah. always do it. So okay. Yeah. I mean, you just seemed like you knew how. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, she knows what she's doing. I'll let her take the wheel. But I can do it. Yeah. Basically, um, we will have some time for you to plug everything at the end. But oh, at the beginning. We are going to let you kind of walk into your own topic. So okay. if you can just kind of introduce yourself, say your name um, and sort of a brief bio, whatever seems most appropriate about who you are and what you do. Okay. And then tell us what you're going to talk about. Okay. My name is Megan Fitzmartin. I am the showrunner's assistant on Supernatural. And today I'm going to talk about Protestant denominations. <laughs> I, I do have to say when when Anne was giving me like kind of the rundown of like oh okay you know she here's a couple things and then Protestant denominations came up I was like that's not something I ever expected but I'll take it's, it it's so much a part of the things that I love like so to me I like gave Anne the list and she goes well one sticks out and I had to look at it and I was like what what one sticks out I don't understand what are you talking about yeah I want I want to point out the rest of the list was like Broadway, Disney musicals, <laughs> like, and and it was not on there, but Africa by Toto. Africa, also. well, yeah, but like the internet knows that I love Africa by Toto. <laughs> I could talk for an hour about Africa by Toto, but yeah, I, that was definitely uh, a little bit of a curveball right at the end from my standpoint because I didn't I didn't know that in the context of your life or your interests to see that one coming. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, and it's it's a thing that I I genuinely love to talk about, but no one, and this is the thing, and I think this goes along with with what your podcast is all about, Charlie Brown, is that, you know, talking about things that you don't normally get to talk about, and I never get to talk about Protestant denominations, because who wants to talk about that stuff? Sure, sure. Well, this is your space now, so. Oh, thanks, thanks. Well, any questions, please let me know, because I, I... I don't know what you guys know or don't know. <laughs> I grew up in uh, in church. Things that people don't know. It's starting to be more uh, out there on the internet. It's not that I try and hide it or anything like that. But I went to school. Uh, I went to college to be a youth pastor. Is uh, oh. is my degree? My degree is in church ministries, and so that's a fun thing to bring up at parties, specifically in LA. Uh, my own little party trip. That's probably a big. Well, it's not. uh, Everybody in the South, which is where I'm from, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, they all just like hate the Lord." And I'm like, "No, (laughs) they don't. 
Like, everyone here is super chill about my faith, um, because it's still a a huge part of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's, it's not something that is, like, in the South, almost, like, there's a bunch of Christian colleges and almost everybody has a theology degree. Um, out here, that's not the case. (laughs) I feel like it's, it's, it's a fun party trick because it's not super out of the realm, but when you come to LA, you're living in this, like, bubble of nothing outside of LA exists, and so (laughs) me and my little Bible college degree is, like, a weird mixing of the two worlds, um, which I kind of love. Um, I don't mind it. So I got into kind of studying denominations when I was in college uh, because I grew up very... I didn't know it at the time because everyone just calls it non-denominational, which is a which is a lie. Fun fact. Anytime anyone's like, this is a, non-denomin- a non-denominational church, they are lying to your face. <laughs> um, but they don't... They may not know that they're lying, but it's just everyone has a... Um, a basis, like, you're not coming out, like, you're not coming out of your faith in a void. Like, you're not talking out of yeah. nothing. Like, right. you still, you're like, I'm going to talk about John, what John Piper said. And you're like, great, cool, you're reformed. Like, that, you may think that you're non-denominational, but, like, that guy is very specifically in this particular denomination. And so that, I found that really interesting. And so I grew up very reformed, very Presbyterian, actually. Um, and then I went to, uh, a Pentecostal, uh, college, uh, university, I guess is technically the term. I went to a, a, a Pentecostal university and I, I was not aware of the vast difference. Just because it's, it, it really is such a completely different experience. And everyone's like, Oh, well, like we believe in the same, same Jesus and everything. That's like, yes. You do. However, it's 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 the way that you you believe is just completely different. And and so I became very fascinated by because I I love how I grew up and I love the way that I learned how to worship. And I thought that that was a really cool way of doing it. And then to go to a, a completely new environment that was like, this is how we do it. And there's a lot of speaking in tongues, which I had never <laughs> seen before. Slain in the spirit is a thing that happens where people just like hit you in the forehead and you fall down. And it's like, it sounds crazy, but it, it really means a lot to people. And I don't take that for granted, but I was mm-hmm. not prepared for any <laughs> yeah, of That's that. something you, you want to know before you come into the room. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, like if you're handling snakes... I would like to know that because I don't like snakes. So I will miss that day. Um, but, uh, and we didn't handle snakes at the school, but like that was the joke is that like, you know, at least we're not snake handlers. And so it was like, but they're, they're also valid in their worship. But, um, and so it was just this like vast extreme and everyone seemed to be so a high school about denominations. Like, well, my denomination's better than this denomination. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. We, what? Uh, and so I ended up doing like a lot of research into it and I got this like big book of denominations and just poured into it and was like, oh, this is so interesting. It's all stories is what it is. So that's a weird way of telling you how I got into <laughs> denominations. <laughs> no, I think it covers it. Although like, can you, can you give us the Protestant church? for dummies like the really the most basic version of what why what is a protestant and how how did it happen that there are these different groups that use different terminology man yes okay i'm so excited guys (laughs) (laughs) i love church history so much um just because it's such an interesting story um so 
from Jesus times on to about, I don't know, the, I don't know the exact date, but up till about Martin Luther, it was legitimately really just like the Catholic Church, which is fine. Um, and I have no ill will towards the Catholic Church. Uh, I just don't know it as well, but they, um, for hundreds of years, that was kind of the, that was kind of the catch all. And it was all kind of within one. When I say Catholic Church, I mean like there are different denominations within that as well. Mm -hmm. There's like the Roman Mm -hmm. Catholic and there's some other stuff within that too. And so, um, but it was all kind of church based versus individual based and more so like priest based and more so like the relationships that you had were were with god were very like through your priest and through things that weren't that weren't necessarily through you um and they were they were kind of it got to a point as most things do where they weren't really like people weren't having individual relationships with god and so and they weren't even like able to read like they they weren't able to read because there wasn't really anything to read um but also the church had been like kind of withholding that that knowledge from them and so martin luther um is kind of touted to being the the very first person who um not the first person because there were some other people but like the guy that made new denominations stick which is a a dumb pun because he nailed 95 theses to it. So he really it's made it. It's a good stick. pun. It's a really good pun is the thing. <laughs> Give yourself credit for that. <laughs> Those are, you know, Bible history jokes, guys. It's like got plenty of them. And so he, he nailed these like 30 or 95 theses to the wall and he basically started not a new religion because it's not a new religion, but it was an, a completely new denomination called Lutheranism, which is still around today. And, uh, Luther was not, like, a great guy. He just wasn't. Most people during that time weren't. But he had a lot of really good things to say and a lot of really important things to, like, like reframe the church narrative, what it had been for so many years. And so, I mean, that's where that's where the word Protestant comes from. It comes from the word protest. And so it's just, a, like, in protest to the way things kind of were, like, the way that the church was running it, like, being able to kind of separate from that and say, look, we we believe in the same Bible, but maybe not the way that you're worshiping or not the way that you're understanding it, which is what most denominations are. It's it's just basically saying, like you like if you go to a a, a Baptist church versus uh, I don't know a Methodist church, what you're essentially saying is that like I just I like the way that you see this particular scripture versus this particular scripture. Like, you're not necessarily... Some people are very adamantly against each other, which I think is stupid. But for the most part, it's just like, oh, I've decided, like, this is the way that I read this verse. And so I'm going to find other people within that community that reads this passage or this verse or this understanding the same way. And it's not really off base. There's very few things that, um, like, the biggest thing that it, that you'd find different across denominations is just, like, baptism, like, dunking people underwater and, like, or, like, sprinkling sure, infants. Sure. Like, that's one of the bigger ones. But that's not, to me, that's not, like, a detriment to faith. That's, like, cool, I understand it this way, so I'm going to do it this way. And it's, like, great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. You do you. And so then Protestantism, as we kind of know it, is sort of separated into eight major I'm going to call them houses, like Hogwarts houses. Um, (laughs) They're, like, separated into these, like, eight major houses in which a bunch of other things kind of fall, like, they they fall into it, which goes along with what I I was saying with denomination, or uh, non-denominational, it's like... No, you you believe something, you read this verse in one way, and it falls under, you know, it falls under something. Uh, Mm -hmm. It falls under one of these eight umbrellas. And so it's, it's like, it's Lutheran, it's Anabaptist, which is like Mennonites and Amish. It's Reformed, which is like Presbyterians. Uh, Anglican, which is like, um, da da da. 
I forget this one all the time. And I went to a school for this one too, but whatever. Anglicans is one. I'll Google it in a minute. Baptists, uh, Wesleyanism, uh, which is like Methodists, Dispensational, which I don't really understand that one as much, and Pentecostals. So that's kind of like the the eight umbrellas of Protestants, Protestant parties. That's a little bit of the dummy, like the dummy's guide. So obviously your initial interest of it came from how you were raised and the fact that this was a part of your life. But what interested you to pursue it sort of in an academic sense? I, well, it's interesting. They're, they're connected and they're not. Um, I uh, wanted to become a youth pastor because I have a deep love in my heart for teenagers. I think that they're really, they're really cool and they're really great. And um, they get the bad end of the stick a lot of the time. And um, I had a really hard time as a teenager. And all I ever wanted was somebody to kind of be there for me and care for me and protect me and love me. Um, and so that was kind of a, a, a motivating factor, like feeling that, like, you know, feeling that calling, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um to just kind of find ways to let teenagers know that they are loved and to listen to them. And, and I thought, and I, I don't teach. I find school unbearable and not, not offense to anybody that likes school, but like, <laughs> that is not how I learn. Right. Um, and so I was like, I can't be a teacher. I can't take anything seriously in school. I would be like, guys, you don't really have to come to class. That's the worst part of it. Like, that's, I would be a terrible teacher. And so I was like, well, I think that, you know, I want to, I want to be a youth pastor so that I like can have, I can like schedule this time, like time with kids that isn't school related, but is still, um, is still impactful and meaningful. And like, I grew up listening to, uh, this Christian audio drama called Adventures in Odyssey, um, that kind of depicts that where it's like, here's a, here's a specific place that kids can go to and be uplifted and be taught things that in a way that is not like two plus two is four, like in a way that is impactful and meaningful and, and comes out of story, honestly. And so, which is also how I ended up writing because I was realizing that like the more that I, I was talking to teenagers, I would ask them like, well, how are you doing? How's your day? And they'd be like, fine, which is <laughs> like a standard teenager response. And I was like, great, right. that's not helpful. And so, uh, but then I, I, got to this point where I was like, oh, well, did you see the latest episode of like, say, Flash last night? And they would light up. It was like, I was asking, it it was what you would want a kid to like tell you about their life. But they talked about it through television and they talked about it through the books that they read. And it became this, it became super clear to me. And I'd always loved to write. I always loved telling stories and stories were a way that I understood myself too. Like, that's why I love most of the stories in the Bible is like, because they are stories. And it's because it's a way for me to fully understand an um, uh, emotional factors that I'm maybe not as well versed in. And so that's, yeah, that's how I ended up writing as well is because I just, all I want to do is tell stories that let teenagers know that they're loved. I want to I want to rewind for a second because I'm curious about this Christian audio drama. I am not familiar with this at all. Yeah, dude. Christian audio drama is called Adventures in Odyssey. And it is um, it still holds up. I've been re-listening to it for research. And um, it's it's the only like Christian media that I don't feel bad recommending to people. (laughs) (laughs) It's it just the stories are really great. And they're not there's some of them that are heavy handed, but like. Not in a way that is like bad, heavy handed. You're just like, you have a yeah. perspective and a viewpoint. Like, sure. It's, it's as if you're, you know, not, not that I'm comparing it to Aaron Sorkin, but like it's, it's a similarity with an Aaron Sorkin characters where it's like, oh, 
I may disagree with you, but it's because you have an opinion and a point, because everyone has an opinion and a point. And that that breeds well-rounded characters, and it breeds, like, actual narrative that's solid and good. And and, and there's, there are a bevy of characters in Adventures in Odyssey that are not Christian. Um, and so it's... And they, they're not looked at as any different. They're just people that live in this small town in uh, Illinois. So, yeah, there's some... And there's some really great arcs. There's one arc that um is just phenomenal called Darkness Before Dawn that um kind of covers it. Uh that's like one of the first attempts for for um that particular audio drama to do uh serialized storytelling. And it's it's good. And it's got a villain that like I still to this day am terrified of. It's so mm-hmm. great. It's so good. So So this was like a specific setting. So it was set in a town mm-hmm. and it was um like ongoing serial storytelling. Was this distributed like on tapes or how were you listening to this? Yeah, they they were um sometimes in in children's church when you don't have a uh children's pastor like we often did not uh <laughs> you just end up listening to adventures in odyssey or you watch uh you watch veggie tales uh, which is not bad i love them both but uh adventures in odyssey was uh distributed it was on the radio which is how i heard it most of the time um saturday mornings my my family would uh my dad would make pancakes and we would listen to adventures in odyssey while he was making pancakes and they also had cassette tapes, but we never had the cassette tapes. My cousins always got the cassette tapes, and I was very jealous of them. <laughs> so, because I was like, oh, I want to listen to this again. But I was I was always uh, at the mercy of whatever was on the radio. So I don't think my mom, like, wanted to spend money on it, which is fine. They weren't that expensive, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was uh, it was really... It, it, and that's uh, honestly the first thing that got me into audio dramas in the first place. Actually, was Adventures in Odyssey. See, I have a I have a cheat sheet on you personally because I know you're a big audio drama <laughs> podcast fan now. <laughs> I've, so that's why I was interested in that. <laughs> I've never. Uh, I don't know what you mean. Uh, I've never <laughs> spoken about any of the such on uh, on the social medias. No, yeah, I. I that's the, that's the thing that I that was really funny about it because I like I I'm very vocal about things that I love and I love church like I really do and I, and the reason being and like just to bring it back to like all of the different denominations the reason being that I find different denominations as different ways of worship as like different personality traits and I so many people don't either want to talk about it which is totally fair because a lot of people have had terrible experiences in churches and like I sympathize with that because I've also had terrible experiences in churches but it's such a I don't know like taking a step back and looking at denominations and seeing them as being like these different personality types of of being able to experience like worship or relationship was really impactful and important in my own life um I remember there was it wasn't even it's not even like in the book it's in a it's in like a foreword of one of the books uh that I read in in college and it was like I'm thankful for my Pentecostal family who taught me how to love the Bible and I'm thankful for my Presbyterian family that taught me how to understand it Mm -hmm. and it was it was in that moment that things kind of clicked where it was like oh yeah that's what that's what this is that's what this is about it's that and like I end up tending more towards Presbyterian type styled or or reformed styled churches and things because I enjoy the like I enjoy delving into like uh, worship music is fine and like I'm here for it and that's great but like I find that I am so much more interested in the intellectual and like that's how I connect with God is is through like we, like in bigger like anytime anyone's like word study I'm like <gasps> you speak my language um <laughs> it's just and and so like knowing that as as a form of personality choice versus 
like this is the this is the specific rule that I have decided to follow is is I think more so freeing in my own life. Yeah, this is sounding like weirdly kind of like fandoms to me. Yeah. There's a parallel there. I mean, it's a different interaction, but you're still talking about everybody's kind of got access to the same text. Right. But the way that they interpret it and the way that they interact with it and with each other is different. Exactly. So you've got people who want to do fan art and they don't really want to do anything else. People who just want to write meta and they don't want to do anything else. People where it's it's kind of a little bit of everything. Do you think that's accurate? That's 100% accurate. I was literally having that thought process as I was uh, (laughs) writing my own cheat sheet for it. Because it's been a minute since I read some of uh, some of my divisionary uh, or um, Protestantism text, but um, yeah, I was thinking about it. I was like, it really is super fandom based because it's like if the fandom is God, then like everyone's kind of reacting to it in different ways and and feeling very self righteous as fandom kind of sometimes does <laughs> uh, about their own thing. But yeah, it is you know it's like early fandom. It's where a lot of it comes from, and I'm and you know I wonder too if they're because it it dates back so far. Fandom itself can the name of it I think doesn't date back, but like the attitude and the ideals date back so far that I wonder if we're just raised in it in in such a similar fashion. Yeah, I think conceptually it's very much kind of already ingrained into the human experience. Right, we just keep changing what the name of it is, <laughs> you know, because it's like oh you know there's church and then oh well it's not not, this isn't a religion, so I guess we have to find a different name for it. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's kind of the exact. No, I don't say exact same, but it's a similar experience of how people interact with a text or a medium. Or exactly, something. like how it translates and how like how our enthusiasm for something translates kind of comes through the same same vein. Because I would argue that like fan art or fan fiction or any of that is is a form of of worship. Like that's a very strong way. It's a very dramatic way of saying it. But you are honoring the text in this way or you are adulating on it like you know you're you're coming out of this sense of of this is the thing that i love so much and i just want to like continue to create content about it which is so much of what denominations do well and you look at i mean it's it shows in art history you look Mm -hmm. at most renaissance renaissance art and it's basically bible fan art it's kind of a kind of a callous way of putting it but that's what we would call it in like art history class because it's what it was it is commissioned to illustrate the stories from the bible and it's it's the same thing except people are doing it about like tv shows and podcasts and stuff absolutely now, well, th- there are still also other you know religious artists artists but- my <laughs> friends make fun of me so much because they joke that i would like be the first one to get all up in some bible fanfic and it's like look everything <laughs> that we have is bible fanfic like yeah. <laughs> i don't know what to tell like my favorite movie of all time is the 10 commandments with charlton heston and directed by the uh wonderful cecil b demille and i i remember the moment that i was like oh wait this is just fanfic <laughs> <laughs> but about a story that i know really well you know what i mean like it's yeah. It's it's I think the same the same I share a similar experience because one of my college classes we had to read the uh shoot what was it? The Last Temptation of Christ. Oh yeah. And yeah. I rem- I think it's an amazing book. I have different thoughts about faith, but sure. I I just enjoyed reading it and enjoyed it as an interpretation. And there were so many people in my class who were livid about it. Like <laughs> like in a way that was kind of scary. Yeah. I I buy that. That's that's the the frustrating factor and a thing that like it's easily pointed out to is the people that like take things way too seriously. Cause you know, there's always those people in fandom where you're like, don't, don't equate me with them. Like, <laughs> that's not, that's not what this is about. That's not how right. I view it. Like, 
But they're so loud, and they're just <laughs> they're just everywhere, and everyone's like, "Ah, yes, this one person," and you're like, "That's not the that's not the overall experience of something." Right. I think I think it's hard for people in religion, probably even more so than in fandom, to understand what everybody's doing is sort of trying to get closer to an understanding of something, mm-hmm. and probably an understanding of themselves as well. Yeah. So if you don't if you don't if you're not able to contextualize it that way. I think you're more likely to say, like, I'm threatened by this person's interpretation because then it makes me question the way that I'm seeing things, which I need to have be an absolute rather than a process. Right. Well, I mean, you're right. Like, it comes down to how you are feeling comfortable with a medium that that means the world to you. Like, it you base off a large portion of how you do life and to have somebody come in and be like, oh, well, I think that it's different. Like, even from a conversational aspect. You can come in and say, oh, I think that's different. And that still is very damaging because it's it's something that's so tightly held. And I, you know, I, I remember, I mean, I used to be that way. It's a thing that I'm not proud of, but it, it is a thing that I can look back and be like, oh, man, remember how incredibly terrible you were as a small child? And that's okay, because that's part of, I mean, that's part of my growing up experience. Like, that's just who I was. But, you know... I'm so grateful for the things that I have experienced in my life to go through and be open about this stuff. Like, it opened my mind in a way that, that, like, my faith is still so important to me, but I can be able to see. Like, I remember thinking about denominations one day as, like, as, as taking that picture of all of the, there's a, there's some sort of story about a bunch of different people all of these different people looking at it or not looking at an elephant, they're all blindfolded, but like they're all patting different parts of an elephant. Mm -hmm. And like somebody pats the trunk Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I think it's a snake. And somebody pats the like leather and they're like, oh, I think it's this. And so, you know, you have all of these different people that can't see the whole. And and to Mm -hmm. me, God is too big for for people to understand, like to have one denomination understand God makes little to no sense to me, even when religion, even like there's, there's parts of it where I'm like, there is, there is a large portion that we will just not understand. And the trick is to keep looking and to not, you know, not think that you have all the knowledge that exists on this topic, because that's impossible. Because yeah, yeah, like other, because otherwise, if you think that you are the one that has all of the knowledge on this, then you become incredibly threatened when other people come in and they're like, well, what about this? I'm curious as to, because I think sometimes when people start to learn the nitty gritty history of a thing, Mm -hmm. um, it, it either drastically changes their opinion of it or it kind of turns them off of it. Yeah. So like when you, you know, went to school and also, and like really dug deep into all the differences of, you know, the denominations and even just like the origin of Protestantism, like how did that change your relationship with, with all of it? Yeah, no, I think that that's a a really good question. I, I come from a status of like people suck already. So whenever anybody lives up to that, I'm like, yeah, good. Look, you did that. You did that thing. But, but at the same time, there's so much to learn. I don't, I don't, I have a hard time with black and whites. I have a hard time with, Mm -hmm. with such specific binaries so much of everything is gray. Like I, I, I remember reading, um, Lutherans were oppressed and like they were, they were pushed around and they were, they like had to get out of Germany because they were like literally being hunted down. And then the Anabaptist kind of came out of the Lutheran mentality and they were also oppressed and they were beat down. Um, and then like the reform came around and they were like, we just don't like either of you. So we're just going to like make our own thing and we're not <laughs> oppressed. And I was like, guys. <laughs> and it was, it was an interesting story. And I think that that's like, I end up not disassociating, but being able to look at the 
things and being like, okay, this is part of the history and this is part of the narrative that informs the backstory. Because to me, like I said, like Luther was not a great guy, but I can still pull out what he did and look at that and say, oh, okay, this was a good thing, objectively. Mm-hmm. He is a bad dude, but this was a good thing. And it's the same thing with religion. Like, I I thought with most of my professors in, in college, like, <laughs> I, I don't think that any of them liked me because I constantly was like, this is dumb. Why are we talking about it this way? And like... And I, and I come from a space of faith, like, and I still was Mm -hmm. like, why are we, like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. And just being able to have that, that kind of, I don't know, it, it, for me, it gave me more of my own voice to be able to say, no, I don't agree with this. And I'm going to come up with reasons why, because you're a very smart human that like has studied for this far longer than I have. So why does this not make sense to me? And make sense to you. And, and coming through the end of that story and saying, you know what, it still does, like, that still doesn't make sense to me and it makes sense to you, but I know where I stand on this and I can still respect you as a professor or a dean. I got into a, a large, a lot of arguments with my dean too. Um, <laughs> the fun part of this story is that I ended up getting a, uh, a, an, um, an accolade for most outstanding in my major. That I thought was a joke for a long time. (laughs) But yeah, I just, I found that like, people are going to be terrible, but everyone thinks that they're the hero in their own story. And they're wrong, but that's not bad. And like, kind of coming from, kind of trying to look at everything from other people's perspective and saying, okay, well, like, where, where were you coming from in this? And what can I take from this that is good or is bad? Or like, what do I want to learn from this? And what do I not want to learn from this? What, what have you caused? How have you challenged me to think differently? Because I am not in control of those other people. (laughs) So you, you finished college. So you finished, you didn't drop out. You finished this degree. Yes. You were planning when you went in to become a youth pastor. How did you wind up in television? Especially, (laughs) I mean, I think, I think some people who don't know you are going to be like, wait a minute. So we're talking about you wanting to be a youth pastor and you wound up on Supernatural? <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Which either makes a lot of sense or no sense. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of questions. I mean, I find that it's very up the same alley of what I went to school for. But um, yeah, so I um, I went into school thinking that I would um, be a youth pastor. I would get married to a pastor because that's what you do. And I would stay in the South. And I quickly realized that I hate the South. Um, <laughs> my mother will never listen to this, hopefully, because that just every time I say that, it makes her so sad. And it's like, look, I can't. I am what I am. I can't help it. And at some point in um, it, when I was in high school, we we came out to L.A. to visit and I just loved it. In the same way that I knew, like, that I know that I want to tell stories for teenagers, I had this same calling in my heart when I came to L.A. to visit. It was just this this sense of peace. Like, I just loved it. And I felt so at home. And I felt like this is where I'm going to be. And all through college, I accidentally was chasing that. Like, there are stat, like, old Facebook statuses whenever you, whenever it used to say Megan is, and then, like, you'd have to fill in the rest. There are many of an old Facebook status that I had that was, like, Megan is wanting to go to L.A., longing for L.A., even still with the idea that I was going to, you know, stay in the South and, uh, raise a family and be a, be a pastor's wife and all of those things. And then, um... The more that I got into it, the more that I realized that I did not get along with anybody else in my uh, in, in my uh, major. I got along 
better with everybody that was in the communication major. And I ended up getting uh, an accidental communication minor because I ended up just taking all of these communication classes because I enjoyed <laughs> it so much. And, uh, and we didn't really have a film program. We weren't that, we weren't that big of a school. And I, I took a screenwriting class and loved it. Just loved it. And nobody else wrote in my college. Nobody else was writing scripts at the time. And so everybody knew that I liked writing and I liked writing scripts. And so I wrote bunch of like short films for people and just kind of fell in love with writing visually. Um, but I still was like, nah, I'm not going to like do anything about it. Like maybe if I don't get married, then I'll go to LA. That was like in my junior year. That was what my, my ideal was. Like, I'm still probably going to get married. I was dating this guy at the time. I'm probably going to get married and I'll stay here. But like, if I don't, I'm going to go to LA. Uh, and then, uh, my senior year, I came out to LA to visit some friends that live out here. Actually, I uh, came out to visit my um, my buddy Topher and his wife Lanita, who I do uh, uh, I do wine and comics with Topher. And it was our it was my spring break, and I was out here. And I near the end of it was sobbing because I wanted to be here so badly. And I went back home and did not have a conversation with my boyfriend like we should have <laughs> about it. And uh, we put that off for a long time. And uh, then he was not a great boyfriend so it ended up being a really good breakup but um but it it finally got to a point where i had to make a choice of like either i am going to stay like i always thought that i was i am going to get married i am going to be you know all of these things that i had set for myself when i went into college or i was going to go off to la and do this thing and i i chose to go to la and it was rough it was i've never been more mad at god because it was such a space of of having to relearn something and having to reassess what I thought the plan for my life was, and um, it was it was rough, but I love it, and I will never give up that time for anything. Because I realized in that moment that like God's the only person that I've ever gotten mad at. I I'm a pretty easygoing person, and I can like loudly yell at people, but I don't I don't. I'm not going to get mad at anyone. Um, but I was angry and it was so comforting to be able to be angry because I was safe that I felt safe. I was safe enough to be angry about this. And I was just scared. Like that's just what it was. What it comes down to is that I was just so scared about moving to LA and following this thing that was so unknown. Nobody I knew had written for television or came to LA or did anything crazy like this. And I just decided to do it and barrel onward. And I moved out here with a good friend of mine. I lived on a friend. I lived on Topher and Lenita's couch for about a week until like we actively found something. I don't remember anything about my first year in LA because I was <laughs> on such survival mode. I'm like, right, hey, right. gotta get this done. Gotta go. Um, I found a church in LA that um, was really great. I don't go there now, but it was really good for me for five years. And uh, it, it was a rebuilding and a refocusing. And I wrote a lot during that time. And I, I, but I became more of myself and the, the switching over and deciding to like pursue this aspect and this avenue that I did not go to school for. But it still harkens to so much of what I love about ministry and harkens so much to what I loved and what I felt called to do in terms of my own understanding and, and relationship. And so, you know, it's similar but different than what I thought that I was doing. I'm still not married and I'm really okay with that. But I, you know, I, I ended up just really putting my nose to the ground and pursuing working in television. Uh, I had no idea what that looked like and I had no idea who to talk to about it. Um, everybody that I knew was starting out just like me, which is a really cool place actually to, to 
begin and realize that everyone is just like you and you're going to come up with everybody. And LA is a, has a way of calling people, people that are not made. She is a hard city, <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah. that's not her fault. That's just who she is. And, um, and it, uh, it became this thing of, um, yeah, I just, I just barreled, put my nose to the ground and I, I got a job, um, my, my first quote unquote industry job, cause I was a nanny and I've been a nanny for like, before that I had been a nanny for nine years and then I was a nanny for another year. So I've been a nanny for 10 years. And, uh, my first industry job was at a theatrical marketing company. It was my first experience in talking about my faith. Cause I, they asked that like, what is your favorite movie? And it just is the 10 commandments. Like I don't, <laughs> I can't do anything about it. It just is. Um, right. and then, and then I also, this is a fun fact about me. I don't put my major on my resume like you're supposed to mm. do because so many people have these preconceived notions about what church ministry degree, uh, is. Mm, sure. And so I would rather get in the room and then they can ask me that question. And then they're like, Oh, okay. Everybody, like all of the crazy people that I think that you are, you're not that, which is the hope. And then, um, I worked there for a long time. It was really, really good. I learned a lot about myself. And then I decided I really, I did need to, if I, if I wanted to write for television, then I needed to not be there. And, and the, the goal has always been too. I gave up so much to work in television. I, sacrificed so much of who I thought I was going to be that if I didn't pursue that, I would be doing myself a disservice. And so just kind of really pushing myself to like get out of my comfort zone and, and to go and do that. And I, I, um, I had a friend that, uh, that did end up getting a job at Warner Brothers. She, um, she, I went to high school, I went to middle school and high school with her actually. And she came out here as well. Um, she is wonderful and lovely. And she now is a second, second AD on, um, bunch of different uh, multicams and she's phenomenal and amazing Mm -hmm. and I love her. Her name is Sarah. And um, she worked at Warner Brothers in the TV estimating department, which is also not where I wanted to be, but I wanted to (laughs) learn and I wanted to be on the line and I wanted to like just kind of understand the way that it worked. So I got a a job in TV estimating and I was there for about nine months. And um, then I, uh, and around that time I'd been like, okay, I have friends now who have been making like their way up the ladders. So I, I can ask my questions of like, how do I jump onto a show? And, and I had some friends that gave me some really good advice. And, um, then I jumped on Supernatural and the rest, as they say, is history. (laughs) (laughs) So that is my, that is my long ass story on, uh, bridging the gap. But like I said, it's still so much a part of me. Well, and I would even hazard to say that it, it almost seems that that your story, your way of like doing all these other different things and kind of seeing all these different sides of the same industry and kind of finding your own place with it, to me, sounds very similar to your you know passion for the different Protestant denominations yeah. because they all treat the <laughs> they all treat the same thing a little bit differently, and that's kind of you know kind of a parallel there. So yeah, that's true. Because yeah. I, I I was gonna ask like, oh, how do you think that this has kind of tied into your current <laughs> life and oh there it is um, you nailed it you nailed it on the head <laughs> i i have a weird off the wall question yeah um because every every church every denomination has their own little weird quirks do, do you have like a favorite like f- almost like a like a favorite fun fact about <laughs> like a certain denomination oh man uh well <laughs> One of the ones I was going to mention this earlier. Um, one of my favorite quirks is that this is more, more so reformed. We, we didn't have a, um, there's a couple different ones. I can give you a couple different because I don't have a favorite because yeah. I, I don't okay. know. If, uh, I don't know, but I have a couple of different fun favorite facts. The reformed denomination that I grew up in, we, uh, didn't have Halloween 
I was not allowed to celebrate Halloween. Um, mm. Instead, what we did was a Reformation party, <laughs> which is you just you just learn a lot about Martin Luther and do the same damn thing that you're doing with like every other Halloween party. Like there was still a lot of candy. How that relates sure. to Martin Luther, unclear. I still wore a bunch of costumes, unclear how that Wait, relates. You to wore Martin costumes. Luther. <laughs> but oh, then in boy. the middle, there's like this interim where you learn about Martin Luther and about how he had to crawl up the stairs on his knees, and then you can go back out and have fun at the party. But like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that was part of it. And then also, my other favorite fun fact is this is the thing that I this is when I learned that um that worship styles are a choice, and I'm maybe not Pentecostal style worship. Is that Pentecostal style worship? Their favorite phrase is "as long as the Spirit leads." Which means that they can have services for as long as the spirit leads, which mm. is sometimes much longer than my spirit leads. Um, I'm not here. What if your spirit leads you to the bathroom? My spirit I mean. leads me to like have lunch at a decent hour. Like that's where like me and God, God understands that I need structure and I need a heart out. Like that's my relationship. And so those are two fun facts that I always think about fondly where I'm like, no. Oh, you guys doing doing what you can. <laughs> see now, I just want to see the situation where it's like, okay, well, you know, uh, fifteen minutes. All right, guys, I'm I'm not feeling it anymore. I know. I'll go home. <laughs> exactly. The spirit leads to a shorter time. The spirit never leads shorter. For whatever right. reason, the spirit always leads longer, and that's suspect. Right. <laughs> I don't know about this. One. I don't know about that. The spirit doesn't have anything better to do that day. So <laughs> the spirit's like, I've got shit in Uganda. I gotta care about. Like, why? <laughs> What are you doing right now? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just it's fun and the, it's you know, I love laughing about it because I love I love shedding light and brevity or like lightness on things that people take so seriously. And it's like, yes, yes, for sure, faith is serious. My faith is serious and important to me. But also we do some weird stuff. Like it's yeah. it's sometimes bonkers and like which is similar to fandom where it's like, yes, I fair I care very, very specifically and very deeply about my OTP, but also they're fictional people <laughs> and, and I sometimes can like take that and, and also laugh at that you can you can be serious about a thing while also still making fun of it and it's almost like a form yeah. of respect exactly you have enough understanding of it to know that even though you're making light of it you still really care about it exactly and it's only i would argue it's only because you know something so well that you're able to accurately make fun of it right right yeah it's like teasing friends you know? yeah if you, if you really love somebody deeply you can you can make fun of them <laughs> you know exactly what buttons to push for that friend <laughs> <laughs> I, I I realize now that I was about to almost steal a question from Hello from the Magic Taverns interview style, which was maybe not my best life choice. Oh no, go do um, it, do it. To ask you to ask you what's next. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> Good job, a better Arnie. version of that question, I think. So you 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 go to school, you study this stuff in great depth. You wind up going in a different direction. Mm -hmm. You still use this information in Hollywood, and now you're working on Supernatural, but. I know that you have other ambitions and I'm I'm interested how how this how your interests inform those other ambitions about telling stories in the future. Is this your way of setting me up to talk about the other things that I'm working on? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I but no I also I it's it's uh it's partially that. But no, I I I want I want to know where you you see this leading in the future because you you had this really set path, right? That you were going to be a pastor, you were going to be a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. You were going to have a family and you knew like I'm just going to talk to these to these teens about God and that's what 
that's what my life is going to be. So when you're picturing something now, what are you seeing? I mean, I think what that entire process taught me is that I have very little, <laughs> I have, it's better if I have very little say in what the future looks like. <laughs> but I mean, you know, television entertainment as it is, is constantly shifting and moving. And for mm-hmm. me, like I said, all I want to do is tell st- tell stories that let teenagers know that they're loved. It informs a lot of how I look at the, the scripts that I write. Like it informs the projects that I want to take and it informs the things that I want to experience. Cause this is a, a thing that I did not realize whenever I was younger is that, you know, I only have a set amount of time which is obvious, but like when you're younger, you're like, ah, it's so long. Everything, <laughs> life is just so long. And now I'm like, oh gosh, I only have like, it takes so long for me to do anything. <laughs> like it takes me like <laughs> 10 minutes to just brush my teeth. And the importance then thereof of like, you know, if I only have a set amount of time, what do I want to say? And how do I want to say it? And what mediums do I want to use? Like, I love telling stories on every single medium. Like I'm writing a YA book right now and I'm, you know, writing a bunch of pilots and doing a bunch of audio dramas and trying to figure out if I can do comics and things like that. And so, you know, my heading is just always telling stories that are that let kids know that they're loved and, and uplifting in a way that like is hopeful. And well, there's a movie recently that I was like, oh, I want. Oh, Greatest Showman is a movie that like a lot of people did not like. I understand that P.T. Barnum was not rose colored glasses. That's fine. (laughs) Not here for... I I get all of that. What I love, though, about Greatest Showman is that, like, it doesn't shy away from the hardness of life and the sadness of life with still having a mentality and and professing a message of hope that, like, things can get better and you can grow and, like, we're going to... We're going to be trash heap piles of humans every once in a while, but, like... (laughs) The goal is to not be that. The goal is to move past it and learn from it. And so, I mean, in in terms of just like, I can give you the nitty gritty, like, here's what, here are the thing, like my goals for the month, for the week, for the, for the year. But, you know, overall, the stories that I want to tell are stories that ultimately bring hope and, and fulfillment and encouragement and, and shed light on things that maybe help people love themselves a little bit more. I don't have another thing to say after that. That was just a really good, like, whole sentiment and point. Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. I think stories, I, I sometimes wish that we cared more about the stories that we tell. You know, it matters so much. And in the world that we're living in right now, I find that I I blame a lot on people not thinking about the long-term story. And I can't change that, but I can change what I do. That's how denominations have changed me in my life. <laughs> yeah, see, initially I was I was going to ask you at the end why you... Because you gave me a, a whole list of topics, and, and I did call you out, you as did. we said, on this specific one, <laughs> as an unusual choice. And then you immediately said, let's do that one. <laughs> well... Which I did not argue with, because I was like, okay, because I, I do want to trust, always trust the guests on their first instinct, because I think it tends to be the most deeply held thing that you guys want to want to go with first. And I was going to ask, like, how how did you choose that one? But I think I think you answered that because you did. Mm-hmm. And see, no one else has seen the list you sent me. <laughs> but you talked about most of the things that were on that list, and they are actually connected. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. The, to me, art and faith are so connected. It's not for everybody, but they're just very intertwined. You like we learn all about ourselves and what we believe in through our stories. The stories that we write are the stories that we like. 
So yeah, I don't know. Like when when you were like, "There's one that stands out." I, I still I I still laugh because I'm like, "Which one?" Because it doesn't <laughs> to me. I'm like, they all they all mattered. Like all of those things on the list are so similar to each other. But I also I also did like I was very excited about talking about denominations and about you know faith in general because nobody wants to talk about it. And like I said, I totally get it. But it just I like I went to Israel. I went to Israel um on a, a study abroad trip, and I was just jazzed the whole time. So I was like, "This is so." Cool. Cool. Isn't this cool? Yeah. And everyone's like, there are guns everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, but like, cool. So, you know, I don't get to yell about this as much. And if I do end up yelling, it's because somebody said something stupid on the internet about faith that I'm like, okay, no, but you're missing the point of what the faith says. So like, stop it. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and sharing this with us. This was really informative for me, but also just like really cool to see all that connective tissue. I love it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media, uh, projects you want to plug, whatever. This is your time in your space. Okay. Uh, man. So I am all across the social media platforms as MegFitz89. It's a moniker that I chose when I was eight. And uh, it may in later years tend to be a bad idea, but I'm going to stick with it because it is on every single platform. Meg Fitz 89. <laughs> I am, I just had a, a DC superhero girl short drop and it's really fun and I want everybody to check it out because I love it. It is super fun. <laughs> Thank you. I've seen it. Yeah. It deals with my, my favorite little uh, jerk, uh, my favorite little asshole Damien, Damien Wayne. I also have um, another DC superhero girl short coming out soonishly. I don't have a date for it, but it's within the next couple of weeks as well. And uh, I have uh, my audio drama coming out right now slated for September 3rd, which is Labor Day. So check that out. It's called Red Rhino, and it's about a uh, high school boy who gets superpowers that are really lame. Yeah, check out Red Rhino. Um, And then I also wrote a a bonus episode for uh, The Bright Sessions coming up soon as well. So... Which is also about Damien's. I really have a deep love for just characters (laughs) named Damien, apparently. Um... So yeah, but please. Oh, and I also uh, weekly do a uh, wine and comics episode. I have a lot. I also have a deep love affair for uh, comics, um, which we didn't get to talk about because that's on the far spectrum of faith, but um, very near and dear to my heart. I do wine and comics with uh, my buddy Topher Harless every week, usually on Friday or Saturday. So you can find that also on uh, on iTunes. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's it. That's I think all I do. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. This was this was a blast. Absolutely, thank you so much. I was so I've yeah. been so excited about it. Um, thank you for having me. And you guys are you guys are wonderful, and you sound different. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can hit us up there or at our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com. Or you can nail your 95 comments to a door. Your door because otherwise it's vandalism. Thank you so much to Half Vigilante for the kind review on iTunes. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Or if you didn't like the show, that's cool. We can agree to disagree. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy.